T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. In one of Ron's final acts of kindness toward the show, he secured... My next guest here, and that is noted NFL author, columnist, Hall of Fame voter, Gary Myers. He is on the Sullivan Super Service fan hotline, Pittsburgh's trusted plumbing and HVAC provider for over 50 years. Gary, I apologize for the delay. Things have been a little crazy here this week. Uh, Ron, when he left when he left this studio yesterday at 2 p.m., and I'm not kidding here. People were lined up and down the hallway, salespeople, his bosses, other radio hosts, and they clapped for him like it was oh. Richard Gere and Julia Roberts at the end of An Officer and a Gentleman. The whole place <laughs> clapped Ron out the door, and there wasn't a dry eye in the house. Well, he deserves it. I mean, Cookie's the best. I, I've known him back since the early 80s when he was covering the Pittsburgh Maulers. And their quarterback was Glenn Carano. I was working in Dallas, and Carano had been the third-string quarterback with the Cowboys. So I went to Melbourne, Florida for Pittsburgh Moors training camp, do a story on Carano, and that's when I met Ron, and, and we've been friends ever since. Um, what a tremendous career. <clears throat> I, I know that uh, you, you'd lined up a bunch of Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh sports luminaries to wish him well and uh, – that's just great. I mean, he deserves it. I imagine you're pretty lonely right now, but you get to talk more. So exactly. Yes. I guess there is a little <laughs> bit of a trade-off, but, but I will tell you that all of those people, everybody from Joe Namath to Ben Roethlisberger, to Jerome Bettis, to Terry Francona, to John Calipari couldn't say yes fast enough when they were told by myself or others who lined them up as guests, uh, that what the occasion was, they couldn't say yes fast enough. Joe, you know, I, when, I, when I talked to Ron the other day, and I hope he's listening, um, he, he was telling me about, you know, Bettis was coming on. I said, Bettis is great. He was always really good to me. And so Ron started recounting the story he did when he spent the week with Bettis at that Super Bowl in Detroit. Yes. And I, I remember I was getting daily updates from Cookie about, you know, you can't believe what Bettis did. You know, he let me do this and he let me do that. And this is going to be an unbelievable story. And all these years later, when I was talking to him the other day, he goes, that might have been the favorite story I've ever done. I had incredible access. And I, I said, you did a million great stories. You know, he, he was just, he was a true multimedia star. He, he was a great writer, great columnist. And, and hearing you guys over the years, the times I've been on, um, he was tremendous on the radio. And uh, I know the Pittsburgh fans 
are going to miss him because he was an honest, objective voice, and that's all you can ask for. Very well said. Let's talk about some current topics, Gary. Let's talk first about yeah. your book. Ron and I both uh, peppered you with questions about the book that you wrote called Once a Giant, and they're a fascinating franchise from the period of time you wrote about back in the Bill Parcells, Lawrence Taylor, Phil Simms era. Um, let's talk about Lawrence Taylor. How did you chronicle him in the book, and what sort of springs to mind when that magical name, I think most people probably regard him as the greatest defensive player ever. Oh, I would definitely agree with that. I mean, it's him or you know Reggie White, and I, I guess Nick Lawrence was just a little bit better uh, on a different level because the way he played the game, I really think you hear so much about, oh, a guy changed the game, and, you know, how did he change the game, you know? But Lawrence really changed the game because he was 6'3", 245, and, and can run down running backs and, and wide receivers uh, and, and definitely quarterbacks. I mean, he was just amazing, and he was what is now called, you know, uh, the pass rush specialist and, you know, rush defensive end, although he played outside in the 3-4 defense. Um, he really was the start of a new generation of um, – of defensive players. But, you know, I think it would be interesting to hear your perspective on this, Joe, you know, what the perception of Lawrence is now. Do people remember him for what an incredible player he was? Or do they say, well, he was an incredible player, but what a, what a screw up off the field with the cocaine and, and, and getting suspended. And even after his career was over, he didn't get himself straightened out with drugs for about another six or seven years. And, and then still had other problems after that with, with alcohol and with women. But um, when I met with him in April of 22, it was the healthiest and happiest he'd seemed to me since he retired after the 93 season. Um, and, I, you know, I was talking to him about, hey, Lawrence, as great as you were, um, I think there was another level there. If you lived your life like, like Phil Sims. You know, had a wife and a young family and went home after work. And he didn't disagree with that, but he said he had no regrets. Hmm. How can people get the book, Gary? Yeah, it's it's available on Amazon or, you know, Barnes & Noble, any place you get your books. And, Joe, if I can just mention, and I think this is really important. Yeah. Um, th- this really addresses a crucial topic of life after football. And I know there's been so many Steelers from that generation and earlier you know, we've had a lot of problems, Mike Webster, et cetera. Um, and although the book is about the 86 Giants, it, it really could be about any team f- from that generation. Because the problems that the Giant players are having are not necessarily, they, they're not unique. You know, the challenges of life after football, both financially and mental health issues and physically, all players around the league from that generation are suffering from that. So even if you're not a giant fan, or even if you're not a football fan, there's so many human interest stories in here and it's filled with heartbreaking stories and a lot of heartwarming stories as well. So um, it's easy for me to say, but I highly recommend it. (laughs) I read the piece or the part of it about Mark Bavaro too, who incidentally, where did I see Peter King had his 40 year, you know, all pro team, all time team from the, from the time that Peter started covering the game in the early 80s, he has Mark Bavaro as his starting tight end, I believe, on that team. 
I put Mark Bavar. I made a team last year of all non-Hall of Famers, at least at that time. Um, some guys have since gotten in. He was a great player. Belichick said he he handled Reggie White as good as any tackle in the league. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the reason Mark's not in the Hall of Fame is because his career wasn't long enough. Um, it, uh, let's just say this. He, he played at an all-pro level whenever he was healthy. It was just the latter portion of his career, he had severe knee problems. Mm. And so he had like four or five really great seasons. And then after that, you know, it, it just wasn't the same. He went from the Giants to the Browns to the Eagles, kind of bounced around a little bit. and was never really the same player, but he was just so incredibly tough. And, and the chapter that I wrote about him has a lot of really funny stuff. Just real quickly, he repeats training camp, night off, he goes out and gets drunk, comes back the next day for practice, is feeling queasy, and he's walking off the practice field, and he has to walk par- by Parcells, who's asking what's going on with him. And before Mark can say anything, he threw up all of Parcells' shoes. Which is <laughs> never exactly good with the boss. Impression as a rookie. But the heartbreaking stuff is he really, really suffered for about eight months with long-term COVID to the point that he had suicidal thoughts. And the chapter on Bavaro, it's going to make you laugh, but, and I know this is kind of trite to say it, it'll make you laugh, but there's parts of it that's really going to make you cry mm. with what the poor guy was going through with paranoia and depression and dizziness and all these things because they feel that COVID attacked his brain being that it was susceptible and vulnerable because of all the concussions that he suffered during his career. So rather than COVID going after his lungs or another part of his body, they think it went after his brain and it it just really messed him up for a long period of time. He's not a hundred percent recovered, but he's doing much, much better. And, uh, you know, I'm happy about that because he's a great guy. Author, columnist, hall of fame voter, Gary Myers on the Sullivan Super Service Fan Hotline. The 50-minute mark on the fan brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Jeep Dodge Route 19 in Peters Township, celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. All right, Gary, people here today, very displeased that Miles Garrett won Defensive Player of the Year. I was looking over the list of voters for the AP Awards, and I see your name on there, and I'm curious who you voted for uh, for Defensive Player of the Year. All right. I promise you, because I'm really an honest person, and I'm not just saying this because I'm talking to a Pittsburgh audience, but I promise you I voted for T.J. Watt. And, and that's, that's the God's honest truth. I, I thought he deserved it. Um, I think he's the best defensive player in the league. So I voted for him. Um, we know how important he is to the Steelers. And uh, he just had another great season. I know he got banged up at the end of the year. But, um, I, I mean, this, this is a guy that brings it on every play, and, and I voted for him. And boy, the, uh, the Cleveland Browns won an awful lot of awards for a team that got blown out in a wild-card playoff game, huh? I mean, That's what we were just talking about. I love Jim Schwartz as much as the next guy, but they were last in red zone defense and they were not even in the top 10 in scoring defense, and they basically started giving up 20, 30 points the second half of the season. 
Yeah. And then yeah, you have I, Joe Flacco with the comeback player, and I love Joe Flacco too, but the other guy passed away on the field and was revived right. and came back and played, DeMar Hamlin. Yeah, yeah. Now, he didn't play a lot, but just the fact that he, if he played one play this past season, he got my vote. Me too. And and I think that Joe Flacco even said at one point that he didn't deserve the award. He's only only played five games. And I think I, I saw the breakdown of the voting, Joe. I think that Hamlin got more first-place votes, but Joe got more total points on that. As far as Jim Schwartz, I mean, I think it was relatively clear that maybe the, the two guys that deserved it the most – were uh, Mike McDonald in, in, in Baltimore and, and Ben Johnson in Detroit. Yes. I, I'm not, I'm not you know, it, it's not like I looked at the Browns' defense and what, you know, I, I know they went through five quarterbacks, and, and so the defense had to play well. But I, I never looked at the Browns as, wow, they, they got a real shutdown defense. Um, so I don't know what all the love for the Browns was. Now, I did vote for Stefanski. Making the playoffs with five different quarterbacks, I think it was pretty unique. Uh, you know, D'Amico Ryans certainly deserved a lot of consideration. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. But we, my fellow voters voted for the Browns as if they were the number one seed with a 14-3 and three record. Uh, I, I didn't see it that way. Man, me neither. And getting back to TJ, the part that really jumped out to me above anything else was how eight voters didn't have him in the top three? That stunned me. Well, how about the Lamar getting 49 out of 50 and the guy who didn't vote for him voted for Josh Allen? Who, I didn't see that. Me, yeah, yeah. I, I saw the breakdown. Somebody on, on Twitter um, had the breakdown of all the award voting. And, I mean, if you're not going to vote for Lamar, then maybe you vote for McCaffrey or, you know, the early three-quarters of the season through. Um, uh, Brock Purdy looked like he was making a run at that award, or Tyreek Hill, but then he missed a couple of games. Um, I, I thought it was clear that it was Lamar, and he should have won it unanimously like he did a few years ago. Um, but to me, I mean, it's nice to win those awards, Joe, you know, but – What's Lamar done in the playoffs? And ultimately, I think that's how you judge coaches and quarterbacks. Maybe it's not fair, but Lamar played horribly uh, in their loss to Kansas City. And that's what I remember about Lamar, fair or not. That's what I remember about him 
for the 2023 season. Not that they were great during the regular season or they they beat all the best teams. I think they beat 10 teams with winning records. But, you know, okay, fine. What, what happened in the playoffs? You lost a home game in the AFC Championship to a team that basically up until the week before in Buffalo had struggled all season. I mean, this was is not a typical Chiefs team. And to lose to them at home, you know, that to me taints the entire Ravens season. A couple more minutes with Gary Myers. I'm here. really ingratiating myself to the Steelers fans, right? <laughs> I'll say, well, well, we haven't gotten to the Hall of Fame yet. Everything may end for you there. Um, okay. Back yeah. to the voters first with, with the AP Awards. Yeah. I had never seen the list of voters. I think I assumed it was more writers or maybe people who were more removed from the game as players. I was surprised, for example, to see Tom Brady and Brewski. Brady just finished playing five minutes ago. Uh, I won't say I'm concerned about biases from recently retired players. Well, maybe mm-hmm. I will. Maybe I do say that and think that. Um, it, it was just a surprise to me, the composition here that goes into all the vote. Who, who's voting? How about you? Are you are you satisfied that you have the right representation there among voters? Joe, I'll, I'll tell you the truth. I, I saw the list, and I didn't go through it name by name. So what you just told me about Brady and Brewski, I was not aware of that. Now, I don't really have a problem with Brewski because, you know, he, he he's, he's in, into – you know, he does ESPN, and he's kind of a media member now, although I never really consider former players media members. Um, but at least, he, you know, he's he's into it every week and talking about it on TV. Yeah. Uh, maybe a year from now, Brady should have been on that list of voters, but I'm not, I'm not sure why he would have gotten the vote. Um, way back at the beginning of my career, I worked for the AP, and it's a, it's a great organization, but... I would question that one. And, you know, just as I question on our Hall of Fame committee, we, we have 50 voters and we have Tony Dungy and Bill Polian. Great guys. Tony Dungy like and who? Bill Polian. Uh-huh. Uh, terrific guys. And I, I probably get into trouble for saying this, but I don't care. Um, when we have their former players who are finalists um, for the modern era, I'm not sure they should be allowed to vote. You know, we've had Dwight Freeney, Reggie Wayne, um, and Freeney got in this year. Reggie Wayne still hasn't. Um, last year, Rondé Barber, who I, I voted for, but Tony coached him. And, and Tony, you know, was a big proponent for Albert Lewis last year in his 20th and last year of eligibility because he coached him with the Chiefs. Are there I mean, not other fair? coaches on there? I don't I don't know what the composition is. Are there not no, other former coaches? Basic, yeah, it's basically, No. It's it's James Lofton and Dan Fouts, and they were added about five years ago. Um, but at the time, you know, Dan was doing games every week, and James is still doing games. I mean, I had a problem with that also, because when their former teammates come up, I mean, are, are they totally objective? No, I mean, it's human nature. You're not going to be. Um, so, you know, it's hard enough when we're a Hall of Fame voter that – I present all the Jets players and, you know, uh, Ed Bouchette for many years did all the Steelers. Yeah. Um, so they put us in an uncomfortable position because we're advocating, advocating for guys that we covered 
and we covered them objective, objectively, but now when we stand up in the meeting and I'm giving the credentials of Darrell Rivas or Kevin Mawai or Curtis Martin, you almost become their campaign manager. And that, that's not an easy thing, you know, especially for, for me who always just I write what I saw. You know, I, I didn't let any personal relationships get in the way of that. So, but still, as you're preparing your presentation, you're talking to the player you're going to present, you know, you grow an affinity for them. It's, it's impossible not to. So you can only imagine how it is for Dungy and Polian and Fouts and, and James Lofton, who either played or coached or was a general manager for some of these candidates that are coming up. And again, I'm probably really digging a hole for myself here with the whole thing. No, I, I I'm, never really said this publicly. Yeah. But um, I, I, there's something there's something that doesn't feel right to me about it. But And that's not questioning the, the character of Dungey or Polian because, I mean, if you had any dealings with them, they're, they're both terrific people. But how can Tony Dungey not vote for Reggie Wayne? And is it fair to say Tory Holt and Andre Johnson and Andre Johnson got in this year. Is it fair to them that Reggie Wayne's coach had a vote? I'm inclined to agree with you there. Honestly, I I really am. I've talked to the hall of fame about it. And again, I've never said this publicly, but I've, I've talked to them behind the scenes about it and I'm not questioning these guys integrity. I'm just saying it's human nature. No, I hear you. And, And this was a question I was wondered with Ed too. Here is, what if you're asked to represent the case of a of a local player that you don't believe should be in the Hall of Fame? Are you then asked like a lawyer just to make the best case anyway? Mm. Joe, that, that's a, a fantastic question. And um, the only way I can really answer that is if you make it to the final 15, you, you probably eventually will get into the Hall of Fame. Most of the final 15... <clears throat> get in some take longer than others and nobody makes the final 15 and you sit, look at them and say, boy, they had a lousy career and they don't deserve to be a finalist. Um, they might not. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s. It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month. with Eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.